are aware and they just don't care how so much is consumed by so Ready for the end of the world. Why, yes. <laughs> this is Orda Energy Mon, and you are listening to your community spirit. And this is Tree Song. Oh, yeah, I forgot about it. <laughs> You're also listening to your community spirit. <laughs> it's like, um, between the two of us, we are going to bring you some envirosocial talk about talk. <laughs> we would never do such a thing. <laughs> yeah, we have a few a big things on the agenda. Let's see. Occupy Everywhere. The fact that, um, I just forgot who it was. Peabody Cole is trying to swap some land with the Forest Service. Yeah. <laughs> so a couple big issues. Um, and then, of course, tons and tons of happenings. So yeah. We better get on it. Yeah, there's plenty going on this week. Um, OccupyUpdatesDaily.blogspot.com is... A place where a guy collects, or a guy, a person, 
Yes. <laughs> I don't know who it is, so I don't know why I said a guy. No, it's actually not a guy. It's okay. it's someone I know. <laughs> a person <coughs> aggregates the information from all over and posts it there daily about hmm. occupies. Los Angeles is turning to an unconventional plan to attempt to save the city money. Occupiers arrested for low-level misdemeanors can have all charges dropped off if they pay over $350 to a private company for a class to educate them on, quote, the limits of the First Amendment. The city is considering expanding the class to involve anti-war demonstrators and students who are, are angry at tuition hikes. The chief deputy city attorney says that it will save the city the cost of court cases and that the First Amendment is not absolute. <laughs> That's a funny idea. I wonder if people take the class and say, well, you know what, I won't protest anymore after all. <laughs> <laughs> so in other news, Tennessee state lawmakers are at it again, attempting to pass legislation that gets around the federal court injunction that stops them from evicting occupiers from Legislative Plaza in Nashville. Two Republican lawmakers introduced the bill, which would make it a misdemeanor to, quote, maintain living quarters on publicly owned property that is not designated or permitted for residential use. Other clauses in the bill include outlawing use or assembly on publicly owned property. If they find that it poses a health hazard or threat to safety or welfare of another person using, assembling upon, or employed to work upon that property. Not only would police be allowed to remove violators, but protesters would also be liable for any property damage. I mean, what poses a threat yeah, that's one of the things. Or a threat to the safety and welfare of another person. Yeah, like that, that wording I don't think would be enough to get them out because they, I mean, I don't, I'll admit I, I haven't been to, you know, the, the Tennessee occupation, but they, generally the Occupy sites aren't like, you know, blocking people, not letting them go by, you know, or like, you know, pooping in the bushes or, <laughs> you know, because that, that's often what people wonder is, oh, where, where do they use the restroom, you know? But it's generally not stuff like that, you know, so. If they're just out there in the park, not in anybody's way, you know, then how is that a hazard to people? Yeah, but it's a, a health or hazard to another person. Yeah. So basically, the establishment, it's a health or hazard. <laughs> it's a hazard to their jobs, maybe. <laughs> I don't. I mean, it's 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 calling into fact um, things that aren't getting done. Yeah. <laughs> and so that could be a hazard to their job. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> So, I mean, it's very wide open, but of course. Now, a big issue here, Occupy Chicago will be dealing with new regulations come the G8 and NATO summits in May. That's right. Chicago, we will have the G8 and NATO summits in May. The mayor has new ordinance in play restricting the hours that public protesting can be performed. That's right. You can only protest at certain hours. And hiking up fines for resisting arrest and obstructioning police. In protesting the new regulations, Occupy Chicago was joined by several groups, including Coalition Against NATO, G8, Agenda of War and Poverty, and several union groups. Hmm. All right, some other news. Occupiers at St. Paul's Cathedral uh, have been told to leave, but it's not likely that they will do so without a fight. Uh, the justice ruled in favor of the London Corporation. Okay, wait a second. London Corporation owns St. Paul's Cathedral? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, apparently. So. Saying that they say the encampment, encampment is a public nuisance and that any of the points uh, the corporation made during the trial would have been enough to win the case on its own. 
Attorneys for Occupy London have said they will fight the ruling all the way to the European Court of Human Rights if necessary. Do you, do you think that um, fighting for the, the right to camp is a big issue? <laughs> I mean, a big deal. Why, why fight for the right to, I guess, peacefully assemble indefinitely? Yeah. Yeah, it's one of those things I, I've got mixed feelings about. Because on the one hand, you know, the, the original and main focus is on the uh, trying to create systemic change around the corruption on Wall Street and how that's corrupting our uh, democracy. But then this this other struggle over free free speech issues and freedom of assembly arose naturally because people were trying to gather in public to address the original problem, and they got stopped from doing that. So then, when that happens, you have to say, "Well, wait a minute. You know, if if we can't assemble in public to to deliberate on these issues, then how can we solve them?" Boise lawmakers are also trying to pass legislation that would allow them to evict the occupiers near the old Ada County Courthouse. The bill would allow camping on state property near the Capitol, would outlaw camping on state property near the Capitol. Occupy Boise is discussing further action, including possibly moving their occupation while preparing for a raid. Hmm. Occupy San Francisco is moving forward with plans to disrupt the financial district on Friday with over two dozen events planned and occupiers coming from as far away as D.C., they will be picketing at multiple financial institutions on the second anniversary of the Citizens United Supreme Court decision. Uh, that's that decision where, uh, you know, corporations are people and basically get to give as much money as they want uh, to any political candidate. A rally is also planned at noon at the Ninth U.S. Circuit Court of Appeals. Just across the bay, Occupy Oakland will also be having rallies and protests. So lots going on in the Occupy movement. This actually, um, the San Francisco thing actually made me think of this regular blog, and I can't remember the the link to it, where people are starting to put up things uh, about the Bank of America. Mm -hmm. And that all started um, with an action in San Francisco where about 80-plus um, Bank of America ATMs, they got, um, they Velcroed onto the screen of the ATM um, basically a screen that looked like, you know, you're giving your money to um, strip mining, coal, or um, human rights violations, and it was just basically a Bank of America screen that they had put over the ATM. <laughs> yeah. And that started this blog, and then since then, um, people have been posting to this, um, to this blog things that Bank of America has been doing against them. So... I thought that was interesting, and I will try to find that link before we are done. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, so, we, any other news going on these days? We talked last week about the Forest Service um, taking comments on a proposal to swap 384 acres of Shawnee National Forest to Peabody Coal Company for Peabody to do a coal strip mine. Um, this obviously should be fought, of course, and um, Peabody is the only remaining inholding in Illinois' largest wilderness, which is the Lust Creek Wilderness. It has an 80-acre, completely forested track surrounded on four sides by wilderness, and they're trying to do a land swap. We'll give you this, you know, 80 acres inside this national natural area 
for um, and let's see. Yeah, for three hundred four acres on uh, the other side of the Shawnee. And I mean, the three hundred eighty-four acres they're talking about strip mining. It actually um, looks like it has uh, Indiana bat habitat. And the Forest Service actually admitted last summer they found a single Indiana bat roosting on the site and an Indiana bat maternity colony a short distance away from the federal track on some other Forest Service land. Yeah, and the Indiana bat is endangered, Yep. for those who don't know. (laughs) So um, now, of course, the Forest Service said the Peabody will strip mine with, with or without this section of the Shawnee forest yeah yeah they say they've got plans you know to do strip mining and they say they're going to do it regardless of whether or not they have this particular piece of land uh but of course obviously they'll strip mine more if they have this piece of land right um so the forest service is having an open house on from 5 to 8 p.m on january 25th which is next week and the it will be um at their office in harrisburg now, you can email comments or mail comments. The email comments is comments-eastern-shawnee at fs.fed.us. Um, if you would like the mailing address or if you would like to go to uh, January 25th from 5 to 8 p.m., they are given a chance for people to offer comment and give information about the proposed land exchange with Peabody Energy. The U.S. Forest Service office is located at 50 Highway 145 South in Harrisburg. So, Yeah, and I'd like to go to that, so if you're interested in carpooling, you can email me at treesong at treesong.org. And if you would like to get our newsletter, there are a couple of pretty good articles. One's from the Southern Illinoisan and one's from the Sierra Club. And um, the first one has details about the Forest Service meeting, and the second one is a new action alert that describes some of the positive qualities of the land that Peabody wants. So, mm-hmm. yep, it's a little good aspect on both sides. So Yeah, like this, this land, I mean, one of the options that's... Uh, the three options the Forest Service are proposing is either do nothing, uh, accept the land swap or buy all three pieces of land. It would also be possible, because the Forest Service, for better or worse, doesn't have a lot of money for buying land. Uh, It would also be possible to just buy the Lusk Creek area and not do the land swap, because that way you would protect the existing Forest Service land from strip mining, but also get this additional new plot. But the question is, do they have enough money for that? Will Peabody... Uh, sell or will well, we, yeah, I mean, <laughs> they're probably going to use that piece of land as leverage to say the only way we're going to give you this land is if you give us that land. <laughs> it doesn't really matter if they have the money if you know Peabody won't sell it. Yeah, but at least we can go there and say our comments to say you know this is what I prefer to happen, and then they can tell us you know what the practical details are. That's the value of, of public comments. You know, we can find out this kind of info. So well, I mean, next Wednesday will be a big day. Yeah. So. All right, if anybody finds the Bank of America blog, I'd like to know it because <laughs> I'd like to t- remember what it was because I found it once and I was going through it and it was really <laughs> funny and interesting and now 
It has vanished like a mystery from the internet. <laughs> sometimes funny. things on the internet come and go. Yeah. And sometimes Google doesn't find them when you're looking for them. <laughs> Excuse me, Google? Google knows all, sees all, but it doesn't tell all. <laughs> you do realize that there are other search engines. I use Good Search myself. Yeah, there are. Well, yeah, you, you're actually helping out uh, nonprofits there. <laughs> yeah, Good Search is a search engine that lets you help out a nonprofit. You do a search, and each time you search, uh, it, it donates a penny or something to the, the nonprofit of your choice. Yep. All right. I think I found it. <laughs> Bank of America ATMs in San Francisco turned into truth machines. <laughs> yep. So, eighty-five ATMs all across the the San Francisco, and they basically put this Bank of America using your money for investing in coal-fired power plants, foreclosure of American homes. Bank rolling climate change, fund executive um, bonuses, and it looks just like a regular screen. And they actually just put it over the reg the what do you call it screen? So <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's like um, yeah, that's funny. So yeah, providing some important additional information there <laughs> in a creative and entertaining way. So the the regular blog is bankruptingamerica.tumblr.com. <laughs> so it's where people post. Like different things, um, like the fact that a Bank of America was closed due to Occupy. For the seventh straight week, Occupy protesters in San Jose marched on the big four banks, including two branches of a Bank of America. Bank of America has now closed their doors at five, uh, four thirty, an hour and a half earlier than their scheduled time. They did this because they couldn't tell who was a customer and who was a protester, so they just locked everybody out. <laughs> so, yeah. Anyway, back to the news. Yes, let's see. What other news do we have today? Uh, should we go with this one about the pedestrian? I'll read the big headline. <laughs> and you can. Pedestrians killed while wearing headphones are car magnets who deserve what they get, <laughs> new survey says, or new study, not survey. New study confirms. <laughs> uh, I don't know about that. I'd like to see the details of this study. Well, we got them in the article. Yeah. A uh, new study led by Dr. Richard uh, Lichtenstein of University of Maryland Hospital for Children finds that, indeed, there has been a significant increase in the number of headphone-wearing pedestrians killed. Uh, it's tripled in the last six years. Uh, the study notes that of the 116 cases, uh, 34 specifically noted that horns or sirens were sounded before the victim was struck. Now, of course, if you struck someone, you're going to say you honked the horn. Yeah. But I'm, I wonder, I'm sure they, they found yeah. out if someone else heard the horn. Yeah, there may have been witnesses in those cases. Uh, yeah. But that, that means that three-quarters of the cases, no horn was honked. <laughs> yeah. Well, see, that's part of how you can tell when a study is going in a certain direction is, you know, they, they say, oh, 34 times they honked horns instead of saying, you know, like, you know, 70-some, 80-some times uh, that they didn't honk horns. <laughs> but, yeah, it is, it is a sign, you know, that is a pretty significant amount, I guess, that, you know, be, be, be aware if you're out there with your headphones, you know. I know it's good to listen to music, but it's also good to not be hit by cars. Yeah. <laughs> Almost every newspaper and website in North America is, is trotting out this study that says the number of pedestrians killed while wearing headphones has tripled in the last six years. Yeah. Well, so. see, part of what worries me about it is, you know, 
I think it's good as like an announcement saying, you know, pay attention while you're walking, you know, don't get run over. But then it, it, it seems to put the blame on the pedestrian, you know. Yeah, most of these articles are blaming the victim. Yeah. Now, just to let you know, headphones don't kill people. Cars, Cars kill people. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> yeah. I mean, not paying attention is not paying attention. Yeah. But, I mean, that's like saying, um, I'm trying to think of an analogy. analogy. <laughs> um, yeah. Well, there's models of responsibility where more than one person can get 100% responsibility. You know, like, if you, if you walk around with headphones and they turn so loud that you can't hear your honking cars, then you've had some responsibility. But also, if you're a driver and you're going really fast and you're not, you can't stop in time when someone's crossing in a crosswalk, you know, that's your responsibility, too. I think I thought of an analogy. If you live in, near a nuclear power plant and you get cancer... It's your fault because you live near the nuclear power plant, <laughs> yeah. not the people who... Like, not the people who put the waste out there, yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah, it's that kind of mentality. That's what the, was that a good analogy? <laughs> yeah, that is a good analogy. Okay. If you would like a link to the actual study, um, please email info at yourcommunityspirit.org, and we will send you today's newsletter or, and or let us know if you want to receive the weekly newsletter. Now, there was a big win yesterday for the environmental movement. Does this big win mean that we have to stop doing things for the environment? Well, the big win is the Keystone XL decision is now a big win for now. Last spring, almost no one outside of Nebraska had heard of the Keystone XL pipeline. As late as October, when the National Journal surveyed 300 energy insiders in D.C., 91% predicted that Obama administration would approve the permit for the pipeline. Now, this is uh, a propo- was a proposed pipeline. Trans-Canada was going to do 1,700 miles of pipe from Canada down to Texas. <laughs> yeah, and they were so confident that they stacked this pipe along the route, cause getting ready to put it in, you know. <laughs> But uh, the, the State Department and the President denied the permit for the pipeline. Uh, it's one of those rare days in the 20-year climate fight when scientists can smile and big oil has to frown. Because citizen activists around the country were willing to put their bodies on the line, and they did so in a lot of protests. Uh, and because the environmental movement worked with rare unity and coordination. And because of this, a done deal has become spectacularly undone. But it's the, there are no permanent victories for environmental issues like this, unfortunately. You know, they can reapply. They can, you know, try other similar projects. So it's one of those things where I'm very happy to see something like this uh, get, get challenged and get stopped because it shows that people are actually paying attention to climate change. But you can't just say, oh, I'm done, and just, you know, go home and, and not pay attention to the, what the big oil is doing anymore. <laughs> <coughs> Actually, there's going to be a protest with 500 climate referees in black and white stripes next Tuesday. They're going to descend on the Capitol to blow the whistle on the whole corporate system. <laughs> yeah. So that's pretty interesting. Um, for more information, go to 350.org. So. Yes. Oh, looks like the holidays didn't get saved. Oh, well. Oh, yeah. No, there's some holidays on here. Uh, holidays coming up. Uh Let's see. Aquarius begins. It's the, the dawning of the age of Aquarius. 
Well, the the astrological sign, anyway. You'll have to do it for some reason. It's not. It's not on up yours. On mine, huh. So. All right. Well, let's get to know your customer day uh, today. So be friendly to your customers and nice to them. Saturday. This is exciting. Saturday is International Fetish Day. It's also National Hugging Day. If so, so if your fetish if is your hugging. fetish is hugging, then you're in luck. <laughs> if, what, but what if your fetish is not getting hugged? Ah, uh, well then you you gotta hide inside. Ah, <laughs> uh, it's worst day for you then. <laughs> Sunday is uh, Answer Your Cat's Question Day. Uh, some people do that every day. Celebration of Life Day. Uh, it's also the anniversary of Roe versus Wade. Uh, let's see. Uh, Monday is the National Handwriting Day. Uh, National Pie Day. I'll have to try to remember to eat a pie on Monday. Write something on top of the pie. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and here's why it's National Handwriting Day. It's the birthday of John Hancock. That can't be a coincidence. Uh, he put his John Hancock, and it was really big, and uh, that made people think about handwriting. But why don't they say anybody else's? Because they didn't say, you know, George Washington. I mean, there's a lot of other people who signed it, too. Yeah, well, because he was stealing the show. He did actually have a bigger signature on there. Oh, yeah, that's right. He's got the big signature. <laughs> that's why oh, okay. they say that that's saying, you know. Got it. Tuesday is belly laugh day. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait, I'm getting ahead. <laughs> so, so listen to something funnier than this show so you can get a nice, good belly laugh. Or just listen to the show again. Yeah. <laughs> again, yourcommunityspirit.org, we archive it. We do. Uh, Wednesday is National Speak Up and Succeed Day. So you can go to the uh, the hearing about the land swap and speak up and succeed at getting your voice heard. Very good, Teresa. <laughs> Thursday is the anniversary of the dental drill. Oh, not very... Why did you have to even bring that one up? <laughs> That's a painful anniversary. And it's the birthday of Douglas Mathar- MacArthur. All right. Let's get some happenings. We only got a few couple minutes. couple minutes, yeah. International coffee hours... Fridays from 3 to 5 in the Northwex Annex Building B, mixed with people from all over the world. Yes, and tonight is Rice and Spice over at Sky House Interfaith Center, 913 South Illinois in Carbondale. Uh, tonight's is Chinese New Year. Uh, it's the Year of the Dragon, I believe. So the slow food dinners start every <coughs> Friday from 6 to 9 p.m. There will be um, raw food dinner next week. Yes. Vigil for Peace, Saturdays from noon until 1 at the corner of Maine and Illinois, sponsored by the Peace Coalition of Southern Illinois. Yes, and coming up on Saturday and Sunday, uh, the Guided Eagle Tour at 8 a.m. at Crab Orchard National Wildlife Refuge. Uh, VP tours at 11 a.m. and 2 p.m. You can RSVP to by calling 998-5933. I thought you said VIP tours instead of repeat. That's my brain. Ah, uh, yeah. yeah. Sunday, some eagles. January 22nd, Environmental Policy Workshop, 2 p.m., Carbondale Unitarian Fellowship. Speaker is Brian Schauder. Call 529-2439. Schauder serves as a Central Illinois Outreach and Policy Coordinator for Faith in Place, an interfaith coalition emphasizing the right to responsibilities common in all faiths to love one another, and to care for the creation that sustains all life. Faith in Place gives religious peoples tools to reflect deeply on these responsibilities, to integrate teachings of faith into practice, and to work together for a just and sustainable future. That sounds good. Sunday, 2 p.m., Carbondale Unitarian Fellowship. All right, another happening coming up, uh, teaching. Uh, the Peace Coalition of Southern Illinois is honoring Margie Parker, uh, she was a longtime activist around here, uh, did a lot in this community, and in honor of that, uh, she is holding 
Uh, they're holding in her honor a teach-in for peace at the SIU Law School Auditorium. This is beginning at 7 p.m. on Thursday, uh, this uh, coming Thursday, January 26th. It's called Guantanamo at 10, Consequences and Broken Promises. Uh, that's uh, for more information on that, uh, you can uh, call 521-4239. And just another reminder, Shawnee National Forest officials will host an open house from 5 to 8 p.m. January 25th to talk about the proposed land exchange with Peabody Energy in Harrisburg. Yes. So it's once again been an exciting and informative Your Community Spirit. Uh, See us again online at yourcommunityspirit.org. Yes. In the meantime, stay warm out there, and we will see you next week on the radio. See you on the radio.